KMTT כי מציון תצא תורה ודבר השם מירושלים. Today is Thursday. חט ניסן. The broadcasts this week are dedicated in memory of Avraham ben Yaakov Berman. יהי זכרו ברוך. Instead of the regular shir in Parshat HaShavua, which unfortunately, because of a mishap, we were not able to prepare. And as part of our getting ready for Chagah Pesach, instead of shiur in Parshat HaShavua, we'll have a shiur in, in, in Chagah Pesach, in the concept of Chirut, as evinced in the Haggadah of Pesach, which will take the place of the regular show of Pashat HaShavua. Uh, during the vacation over Chag HaPesach, so Pashat HaShavua will in fact be given. Pashat Shmini, the week of Pashat Shmini after Pesach, there won't be regular sh- uh, uh, shiurim. Podcast will not resume except for the shiur in Pashat HaShavua and the Erev Shabbat program for Pashat Shmini. In the Haggadah, we have in the beginning a list of halachot, of laws, concerning the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. In other words, we don't only do the mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, but we explicitly relate the halachot of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. The Vav, Rabbi Yosef Zavalevi Salavechek Zatzal, explained that part of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim is hilchot. Yitziat Mitzrayim, or Hilchot Lel Aseda. Yes, uh, there, there, there's Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim and Hilchot Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. And that's part of the Haggadah itself. So in the very beginning you have, one, a statement of the Mitzvah itself. Afilu Kulanu Chachamim, Kulanu Nebunim, Mitzvah Aleinu Lisaper B'Yitziat Mitzrayim. Secondly, you have a statement a basic statement of almost any mitzvah, what is the shear? How much does one have to do to achieve and fulfill the mitzvah? Sipur Yitziat Mitzvah is one of those mitzvahs which don't have an upper limit. This is as opposed, say, to chametz. Uh, excuse me. As opposed to matzah. We have to eat matzah on the night of Pesach. Offhand is a shear. The shear is the minimum amount is a kezayit. One has eaten a kezayit of matzah, you fulfill the mitzvah. At least in its basic form. Marol is a kezayit. Four cups of wine. So you need four, not five. Each, each kos, each cup, has a revi'it of wine. Mitzvat sipur yitzat mitzrayim is kol ha-marbem ha-reza mishubach. There are more halachot that are brought in the, uh, in the continuation, if in the shape of a story. Maseba Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Lazar, Chachamim, who in Bnei Brak, we learn that in terms of the time, when does the time end? Not the amount of talking, but what is the time? So apparently it's till the morning because they didn't stop until the time of saying Kriyat Shema Shacharit arrived. Etc., etc. My question is, why in fact is there no shi'ur lemala? Why is there no upper limit? Almost all mitzvot have it. There is in fact a Mishnah, which we 
we say it every day as part of Birkat Torah in the morning. Things which do not have a upper limit. And in fact, Sipur Yitzat Mitzrayim is not mentioned in that list. So, of course, that's not a technical question. I mean, it's possible that's not a list, so it was left out. Maybe the list is not exhaustive. Most lists are not, in fact, exhaustive. The Gemara occasionally questions this, but there are more exceptions than there are uh, uh, examples of exhaustive lists. But nonetheless, it is striking that it's not mentioned there. And in fact, if we look at the list, the inclusion list is quite clear why it's true. They're either mitzvot of gemilut chasadim, helping others, where it makes sense that there should be no upper limit. The more you do, the better it is. I mean, the mitzvah is to help somebody, so why should you help money a little bit? You're not doing it or to be yodfei sign. I gave a quarter to tzedakah. You're doing it to help somebody. If there's more people to help, then you have to do more. Ra'ayon is the mitzvah of bringing a korban when one visits Kodesh on Shloshet Haragalim. So it also has no upper limit. You're, you're, you're giving to God. You're showing your devotion to God. There's no, there's an, intrinsically no upper limit. And of course, Talmud Torah, which is Kehem Chayenu Ba'orach Yameinu. So one can never learn enough Torah. But there's no offhand reason why Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim should be the way. There's a mitzvah too, to tell the story. So you tell the story. It takes 10 minutes to tell the story. It takes an hour to tell the story. You've told the story completely. Everyone who has to hear it and has to know the fact knows the fact. You've told it to yourself. You've told it to your son. You've told it to your family. You've told it to your guests. What, what is the reason? What is the meaning of We will come back to this question, hopefully. I'll remember to answer this question in the end. In the meantime, I want to take a detour and examine the nature of the concept of Chayrut, of freedom. Ben Yona, Ben Yona Chassid Nigilondi, the author of the Sharei Teshuvah, in the commentary to Bechot, asks a question on a well-known statement of the Gemara there. The Gemara says, concerning the din of smichud ge'ula le'tfiva. There's a law that says that when you say Kriyat Shema, and Kriyat Shema ends with a baracha of ge'ula, baruch ge'al Yisrael, that that should be connected without any hefsek, any interruption, to tfiva, meaning to we're so used to the Siddur that it appears to us to be obvious, but in fact there is no halachic connection between Kriyat Shema, which is one mitzvah, and davening Tfilah, which is a different mitzvah. Kriyat Shema is Kriyat Shema, and Shema Nesra is Tfilah. But, there is a rule which says that one should put the two of them together. And Ga'al Yisrael should immediately proceed and be uninterrupted with the beginning of Shema Nesra. So the Gemara says in Bechot, Ezehu ben Ha'olam the Gemara is praised in terms of Arvit. We should have explained that Shachat even more. That Geula should be Samuch, should be connected, should be uh, 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 immediately uh, next to Tefila, Shmonese. The Bion asks, for that you get Olam Haba? Ezu ben Olam Haba. 
ויש להקשות וכי מפני שסומך גאולה לתפילה יש לו שכר כל כך שיהיה בן עולם הבא? What's so special? You say it's a good thing, but that gives you עולם הבא? So Ben Yonah answers the stars. שהטעם שזוכה לשכר גדול כזה, מפני שהקדוש ברוך הוא כשגלנו והוציאנו ממצרים היה להיותנו לא לעבדים. Ben Yonah states a principle that In, in fact, it, it's, it's a pasuk. It's, it's a clear and explicit pasuk. And maybe it's just my fault that I just never noticed it, it never struck me so much in the face when I read the pasuk as it did when I read the Benayona. Perhaps it's the context of Benayona places it. So in fact, it's not a chiddush of Benayona, what we're going to say now. It is in fact an explicit pasuk. What does the Benayona say? The reason why God took us out of Mitzrayim, the reason why God redeemed us, was that so we should be to him slaves. שנאמר כי עבדי הם אשר הוצאתי אותם מארץ מצרים. פסוק says, פסוק in פרשת משפטים, for they, in the Jews, are my slaves, that I took them out of מצרים. ובן יונה understands the פסוק, that The reason why I took them out of Mitzrayim was so that they should be slaves to God. So, Geulah is about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And Tefillah is Avodah. As stated, Tefillah is an expression of Avodat Hashem. Here also something which perhaps we don't pay attention, we use the word Avodah, In the nice English, it's translated as service, the divine service. You've got a services, that's fine English, fine American English. But the word is literal. You serve God. The word is la'avod, and la'avod is milashon evid. Serve and slave are the same, are the same word here. So Be'ina says that tefillah is service. Ge'ula is ge'ula. The reason why there was a gula was that we should be servants, and that's why you have to be slamech gula l'tfila. And that, I'm not going to be the rest of it, that's why one who inculcates this into himself is in fact ben olam rabba, because he, he makes himself, he, 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 he fulfills the service of God, and the service of God is the key. It has to be developed, of course, in observance of mitzvot, but is the key to olam rabba in general. Now, so Ben Yon has said something which offhand might appear to be Very surprising. It's not what we learned in kindergarten, in first grade, in second grade. We thought the reason why God took us out of Egypt was to make us free, not to make us slaves. It's not just my kindergarten teacher who taught me that. We say it in the davening. Yom Chagamatzot Azman Chayutenu. Pesach is the time of our liberation, of our freedom. Not the time of our slavery. Maybe we should change the tefillah. We should say... יום חג המצות הזה, זמן עבדותנו. But we don't. But Be'ana says that no, it, it's, he points out, it's a pasuk. God took us out of Mitzrayim so that we should be to him slaves. Apparently, the concept of chirut and the concept of the servitude of God, service of God, are identical. The question is, how could that be? How is it possible that servitude and freedom are identical 
How can we say that without basically making a mockery of our use of the language? What in fact is the difference between the service of Egypt, the service of Paro, and the service of God? Is it merely a more distinguished kind of service? God did us a favor by switching the owners, switching the masters, so that instead of being a servant of someone small and insignificant, you're now a servant of someone great and mighty. That would not have justified calling it Chayot. What is the difference between Avodat Adam, Avodat Paro, Avdut Leparo, and Avdut Vashem? The first difference is that when you serve a person, he has, he has needs. And you are serving his needs. Of course, rather than your own. But every person, the whole reason why slavery exists is because it's exploitation. You're using somebody else. The owner is using someone else to fulfill his own needs. With God, it doesn't exist. God doesn't have needs that we fulfill. And therefore, being a servant of God, being a slave of God, does not have that element of exploitation whereby everything you do is because someone else has a problem. But that's only the introduction to, I think, the real point. The real point has to do with what does service of God mean at all. And there we can take an example from the example that's in Rabbeinu Yonah. Tefillah is service of God. Why is Tefillah service of God? Tefillah is, I request God to fulfill my needs. Tefillah in Judaism is bakasha. It's request. Not praise. Ikara Tefillah is tachanunim. It's requesting. Why is that service of God? I ask him to serve me, basically. He should do things for me. And the answer is because in Tefillah, we are stating in the most unequivocal manner that everything that we could possibly have has to come from God. In other words, the, the essence of service here is the dependency. We get everything in our lives from God. And that is a essential nature of slavery. That the slave does not have an independent identity. His identity derives from his relationship with his master. Who he is, is derivative. And that, I think, is the real point of Yitzi'ah me'avdut le'chirot, Yitzi'ah me'avdut la'avdut Hashem. We are tzilmei elokim, we are tzilmei the image of God. That means that the true identity of a person is not found in his present limited state. To be equal to what you are, to be just the person that you are, is a form of slavery. It's a slavery to, to, to your desires, a slavery to your situation, a slavery to your society, a slavery to, a slavery to, the, to, the, to the limits of being finite. But the freedom of man is because he's sentimental kim, because he is potentially, he in every second is becoming or trying to become more like God. And the method in which we become like God is in fact by accepting His yoke, by accepting His mitzvot. The Torah is a means whereby we have, we accept that we have to be like God. We will get everything in our lives that's of value from God and being connected to God. So that is at once a form of slavery. 
Because you give up an internal autonomous definition. You say, what am I? I am like God. I am Tselem Elohim. Practically, it's a form of Avdut because the way to become that is to fulfill his mitzvot, which is the purpose of the mitzvot. But that is also the ultimate freedom of man. Because now, you in fact gain an identity which supersedes and transcends the limitations of human life, of finite definitions. You're no longer just the sum of X, Y, and Z qualities, but you are a creative and developing thing, person, where the only limit is the infinity of God to whom you have been, con- who have been connected. In other words, and this I think is a crucial point here, Chayrut, the Chayrut which is different than the Avdut Mitzrayim is the freedom, the Chayrut of creative development. It's the divine creativity, spirituality, the life, being alive is being every second receiving from God and following after Him Becoming an adherent, a follower of God. Follow in the literal sense. You follow in God's footsteps. A follower of God, an Eved Hashem, that is the meaning of true of true freedom. To give an example of this within the Seder, so, among other things, the Seder is telling the story. It's telling halachot as mentioned in beforehand. And it's also acting out. You have Matzah, Maror, Dalit Kosot, Kalpas, all, all sorts of things which are acting out things which relate to the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. One of those things is Maro. You eat bitter herbs. Why? Why was it necessary to recreate the bitterness of Mitzrayim? We say in the Haggadah, B'chol dor v'dor chayav adam l'arot et atzmo k'ilu hu yatsam imitzrayim. If I may quote the Rambam's version, which I don't think is, 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 is different, but it's more clear. From the moment we'll understand our version better. Chayav Adam l'arot et atzmo, l'harot et atzmo, to show himself, not just to see himself. Ke'ilu hu atayat sarim itzayim. As though he now came out of Egypt. There's no other mitzvah right there in the Torah. Sometimes we have mitzvot where we remember something in the past. Why should we remember it? There might be a mitzvah of pilsuma nisa. Halachic category of of, of publicizing God's greatness. You publicize the miracle. Megillat Esther is apparently a mitzvah of publicizing God's miracle. But that's not recreating it. You're publicizing a miracle that took place way in the past. And that's not the meaning of Yifuri Yitzhak Messiah. If that was true, then you would have to have ten people there, which is a sine qua non for publicizing something. That should be done the rabbin, it should be done in public. There's a mitzvah of thanking God for something that took place in the past. And I think that's part of the Haggadah. There's a Bahash, a Galanu, a Galata Potengu, there is a Bahash who says, We thank God for saving us, for redeeming us. But that's only a small part of the Haggadah. For that, you wouldn't have to recreate, you wouldn't have to laha'otat asmoki ilu hu atayya tani mitzayim. The Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim isn't about the past. It's about the present. You have to come out of slavery again. Why do you come out of slavery again? For I was in slavery once. 
it's gone. I'm not a slave anymore. Slavery in the usual Western sense, or freedom in the usual Western sense of the word, is a one-time thing. It's either yes or no. It's black and white. Either you're a slave or you're not a slave. If the chains have been broken, you're not a slave. You're free to do whatever you want. But the answer is that the freedom that the Haggadah is speaking about is not the freedom to do whatever you want, but it's the freedom that comes from following God. And therefore, it's not a one-time thing. The fact that the chains of Paro were broken and you went into the desert, you might have been free in the technical sense, but you weren't free in the Eved Hashem sense. Only after you receive the Torah in Sinai did you become Avdei Hashem, and only to the extent that you continually develop more and more and more and run after God, because freedom is potential here. It's to be like God, to be infinite. And if you never actually achieve freedom, you only achieve liberation. You have to free yourself, and the act of freeing oneself by constantly following God, there is the freedom. It's not a state to be free, it's an activity. And therefore, once a year, we have to inculcate that message, not because you slipped back and become a slave, and if you have to face off again, all of a sudden I discover power is back. Power is not back. But only by continually freeing myself, only by, by being liberating, not liberated, but liberating all the time, do I in fact achieve my own freedom. And that is through the service of God. As chayav adam This very second, you're passing from slavery to freedom. Why do we have a mitzvah of maror? I have to see that I'm free. Why have to see that I'm that I wasn't free? Maror is the is the bitterness of the slavery. Because the answer is that you're not now experiencing the state of being free. You're experiencing the transition from slavery to freedom. The act of liberation. And therefore, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. In order to experience the exhilaration of the moment of liberation, part of that experience, you have to be able to taste the bitterness of the slavery. Not merely to appreciate it more. If the mitzvah was to thank God, I could see that you were saying, and we have to taste a little bitterness, because otherwise we won't really appreciate it enough to thank God. But I think the point here is different. Since the mitzvah is not thanking God, but experiencing the passage from slavery to freedom, so the slavery is part of the experience. It's the, it's the, the line of divide. It's crossing the border. Crossing the border is only a point. The experience of crossing the border has one foot on one side and one foot on the other, with a clear direction in which way we're going. And it's impossible to experience the exhilaration of becoming free without a little bit of taste on the tongue of Maror. Mitzvat Maror, as we know, is not independent in the Torah, as opposed to Mitzvat Matzah, where it says, You have to eat Matzah on Pesach. It doesn't say you have to eat Maror on Pesach. It says when you eat the Koban Pesach, you have to eat it Al Matzotu Mororim. That's the reason why halachically, Bizman Azed is not Koban Pesach. We don't have Koban Pesach today. And therefore, Maror doesn't apply Min Torah today. There is no biblical mitzvah of eating Maror today because there's no Koban Pesach. And Maror is only eaten as a condiment, as an extra, together with the Koban Pesach. Hillel, as we all know, ate him literally together. It's called Korech. He didn't eat Maror, he ate Koban Pesach with Maror. 
Even according to Chachamim, who disagree and say you eat them separately, but the Pasuk is explicit. You don't have to eat them together literally. But the reason why the Marah is there is in order to accompany the experience of Korban Pesach. What is Korban Pesach? It's theoretically the main mitzvah of Pesach night. We don't have it today, unfortunately, but it's the main mitzvah of, of, of the Pesach night. Korban Pesach is a Korban Shlamim. It's a Korban which is eaten by people together with God. You're sharing, so to speak, God's food. God and you are eating together. That's the assimilation within me of my destiny. God, I don't eat my own food. I eat at God's table. That's exactly what an ever does. He doesn't have his own table. He eats at his master's table. When you bring a korban shlamim or korban pesach on pesach night, pesach in the daytime, you eat it at night. So you don't have your own food. You're eating at God's table. God receives the food, puts it on the table, and invites you to join him. That's exactly the idea I'm expressing of what is freedom. It's being totally dependent on God and receiving one's identity, one's food, in a sense, from him. How does one eat the Korban Pesach? Al-Matzot Umarorim. You have to eat it together with Matzah and together with Mara. You have to experience why. What does the Mara do here? The Mara keeps you on the cusp. It keeps you on the passage from one to the other. and doesn't let you think that you're eating Korban Pesach. It means celebrating a state of being wonderfully free. It's celebrating the entrance into freedom. And the entrance into freedom is a continual dynamic thing of constantly climbing and striving to act and to become more like God, to follow in His ways, to find Him, and to be and to be like Him. And that is, to return to our opening point, I think the reason why mitzvat sipuri tepnitzayim is a davar she'en lo shi'ur. Not because it's better to say more than to say less as is the fact with Gimilut uh, Chassadim and Tamut Torah, the Mishnah and Peah. There, it's better to give more staka than to give less staka. Why, do you, why should you give more? Because someone else benefits from it. Here, it's not that it's necessarily better. You achieve more by telling more than telling less. Here, it's not by, it's not, it's not quantitative. It's the continuity, the, con- the continualness of it. Because liberation is a continual process. Slavery is the human condition. And liberation is something which you have to do constantly to transcend yourself and to become like God. As You can't stop. The principle is that you shouldn't even think it's not something which has a large shiur or a very large shiur. It's something which the word shiur doesn't apply to. Because we're not trying to achieve an amount. We're trying to achieve a process. The fact that you continually increase and maintain the, the tension of bringing oneself out of Mitzrayim, French philosopher said, man is born free and is everywhere in chains. The natural state of man is freedom, but he's fallen into slavery. People have enslaved him. Judaism and Pesach said the opposite. The Jew was born in slaves. Jewish history begins in slavery. But we are continually trying to free oneself. If you falter in that activity of self-liberation by following God, you fall back automatically into slavery. That's the natural condition of man. 
What frees man is Torah v'avodah. Therefore, v'chol ha'marbel esaper b'tziyat mitzrayim, harei zeh mishubach. You've been listening to the Shi'ur, replacement Shi'ur for the Shi'ur Pashat HaShavua this Thursday. Shi'ur on Sipur, Mitzvah, Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. There'll be no Halacha Yomit today. I apologize, but we're already a bit on vacation. And the Shiva is closed. And the Shidurim are being, these broadcasts are being made somewhat sporadically. And we are unable to arrange a halacha for today. We will be back tomorrow for the last episode, the last broadcast before Pesach, before we go out on 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 on, on vacation. If I said today is true, then we also have to experience it, including the broadcasters on KMTT will be experiencing freedom for a while. We we'll have an Erev Shabbat program tomorrow, which will be the last program before Pesach. Until then, this is Ezra Bek from Yeshivat HaRetzion, wishing you all kol tov b'berkat ha-Torah mitzion. You've been listening to KMTT. Ki mitzion teitzei Torah, u'devar Hashem mi Yerushalayim.